1: Cheeseheads, Cheese get it on your feet! It's Curd and Long, hosted by Sparky Feichter and Ryan Horvath.
0: Welcome in another edition of Curd and Long, and all, buddy. Look at who is on our screen. Look at who's right there. He has a beard. He has facial hair. He has grown up. He is Jeff Rieger right there. 97 one the ticket. You remember him as 911 Rieger from back in the day, the famous calling 911. And then Rami Makloff getting profiled and getting talked to by the cops while he was on the air, still trying to do the post-game show uh, for the Bucks. Rieger, h- how you doing, my friend?
1: Guys, what's going on? By, by the way, I mean, do we have to do this the video way? Oh, my goodness. I no. so just. You yeah. never really know how much you're balding until you see yourself on camera. Can yeah, you guys do I, something about this? Can you touch this up? Maybe I, I'll do my best in post prod. Yeah,
0: I'll do my there best in, in post prod. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Uh, okay. So a well, lot to get to on today's show, uh, but first I, I have to address one thing, Horvath. So Ryan, you and I have been doing this curtain long podcast. This is episode six. So it's been like two weeks, right? Yeah. About two weeks. And I understand, you know, the popularity of it is good. going to grow and, and people are going to be all about wanting to be a, part part of Curt and Long and come on the show and listen to the podcast and so forth. This is what I did not not expect. I did not expect a local uh, grocer to take with and run with our name. But I was given a tweet or sent a tweet by Patrick Wood, who tweets at Patrick Radio at at Sparky Radio. Did you see that Sendix has stolen your podcast title Curt and Long for their ad this week and for their cheese curd bar? If you haven't patented it yet, you should.
2: I was wow. going to say, do we at least get some royalties off of that? That is crazy to That's me. That's a really vanilla types. So, so,
1: wait, is this a new thing? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've never heard of a cheese that. curd bar. You guys should get, like, at least a shopping spree. Like, go a shopping there spree Sunday. at Sendex. I like What's Sendex, that?
2: too.
0: A shopping spree at Sendex, you're saying, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, something should come of it. I, I don't know what, oh, but something should it. definitely something should definitely come of it uh, for I sure. I would probably All right. hire a
1: lawyer and get a cease and desist immediately. <laughs> That's
0: what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, okay, so let's get into it, uh, Jeff. We're well, talking about the first topic at hand. Should we expect this Packers offense to look much better against the Detroit Lions? Now, again, this Packers offense, I mean – to be clear, has been bad, right? I mean, they, they can't throw the ball all that well. They ran the ball really well. The couple of games where they've actually tried to run the football really well, But a lot of Packer fans are saying, hey, Sparky, they fired Aubrey Pleasant, their secondary coach. Everybody can throw on this Lions team. Let Rodgers air it out. He'll throw for 350. Let him have his way. I guess I'm not as convinced uh, that these young wide receivers who are running wrong routes. In fact, I just did an interview with Dusty Evely, who does film analysis for Chiefs TV and Packer Report. And he was telling me on one play it was supposed to be essentially like a, a rub route both wide receivers at the line of scrimmage got bodied so hard. They got thrown into each other at the line of scrimmage and never got off the line of scrimmage on a third and one play, never even got into the route because they were on the ground. That's how bad things are right now for the Packer wide receiving core. With that said, Jeff Rieger, should I expect,
1: should Ryan expect this Packers offense to take
0: it to another level against this Lions defense?
1: Well, first of all, before we get into this, I owe you Sparky Fife for an apology you had me on your podcast, I think Good. it was before football season. Oh, yes. And I, know. And, and I said to you, I said, Sparky, you know what? I always rip on the Lions. They're pathetic. They're an awful organization. This is what I do. It's how I made a living over the course of yeah. the last 20 years or so. But I really do believe in a down, weird NFC where the Packers, you guys suck, where the Bucks suck, where the Rams suck. I figured the Lions could, I don't know, be like the Giants, right? Or be like Seattle who trades away their you know, franchise quarterback and has success. I was wrong, Sparky. Oh, yeah. I apologize. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. This has been weighing on me heavily when you asked mm-hmm. me to come on. I'm like, oh, man, I told Sparky I thought the Lions were going to make the playoffs. And you laughed at me, and you were right, and I was wrong. So but you I know what? Don't don't, don't, just...
0: don't feel bad because Gary Ellerson, before you said it, back when we had shows on the air here at SSP, back then, Ellerson said he thought the Lions might possibly be a playoff team at the end of the day. So you weren't alone. You weren't the only one. I'm not getting Gary's former Detroit Lions, so that all comes into it. But he yeah. still thought that they were going to have that team. So what happened? Because Campbell still has his job, which I don't understand.
2: Wait, okay. me, real quick. Let me let me butt in. So Jeff, sure. I've, I have called Dan Campbell a glorified gym teacher. I just, you know, you watch Hard Knocks and everybody fell in love with the guy and people were running out to Las Vegas to bet the Detroit, not that you have to go to Vegas to gamble anymore, but people were betting the Detroit Lions win total, over six and a half wins. People were talking about this team potentially winning the North. I bet the Vikings, but you know, I just feel like the up-downs of practice and the coaching staff yelling at each other, I think that stuff's really cute in the preseason, but when you start one and six, when you're one and Seven. I think that stuff gets really old quick. Now, he also has Jared Goff as a starting quarterback, and that secondary is kind of a mess. They're obviously building something, but do you think he is the guy for when they're ready to, if that ever happens, compete and
1: win some games that Dan Campbell is the guy? It it is amazing, isn't it, Ryan? Like, all that stuff is really fun before a game is played. Like, all of Detroit fell in love with this guy. Oh, Dan Campbell, we're going to go bite some kneecaps and the up-downs you mentioned. And by the way, everybody roots for the guy. I mean he is legitimately a good nice guy that the cliché people want to have a beer with him right and he's also coming after Matt Patricia who was a total well you guys figured it out yeah, right we, so, yeah. so it, it, it's yeah. easy to be liked when you're following Matt Patricia what what a big dis- disaster that was but no he's not the guy without a doubt he's not the guy like the owner, Sheila Ford Ham, came out two weeks ago and said, I trust these guys. We're not just in a rebuild, guys. We're in a teardown, essentially saying, this is much worse than a rebuild. This is the worst rebuild you could ever envision. We're tearing it down. <laughs> so, of course, they realized they stunk. They didn't expect to stink. Now they're trying to run damage control. And we get it. And Lions fans are actually fine with waiting a couple of years and hoping that Brad Holmes, the GM, and the Lions could build something, which they probably won't, but whatever. But as far as Dan Campbell is concerned, no, he's absolutely not. Not the guy, but Lions fans want to believe he's the guy because of two reasons. Number one, they love him, which again, he's a nice guy. Number two, Lions fans are petrified of starting the so called clock. Because once you start the clock and you realize that these guys can't do the job, just like the guys before them can't do the job, just like the guys before them can't do the job, then you got to figure out who the next two guys are that can do the job. And Lions fan psyches are just not quite there to deal with that yet. So they want to put it off until next year or the year after that. Hey, it's a long rebuild, guys. I'll buy it. And maybe just maybe Brad Holmes, the GM, ends up working out. But Dan Campbell's been a train wreck. I mean, it's been mismanaged game after mismanaged game. There's no consistency. He's too aggressive. Then he's not aggressive enough. He's taken too many times in the halftime. He's not using his timeouts. He's using – I mean, it it is a disaster. It's a debacle. So, no, he's not the right guy, but he's got a six-year deal. This is how screwed up the Lions are. They hired Dan Campbell before they hired Brad Holmes. So they gave Campbell six years. They gave Holmes five years and then the other day, Brad Holmes, because they just traded away TJ Hawkinson, was talking to the media and Dave Briquette from the Free Press does a great job, said, hey, Brad, just curious, could you fire Dan if you wanted to? And Brad refused to answer the question. He's like, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end of the year. So you got a GM that probably can't fire the head coach. You got an owner that has no idea what she's doing. And you got a head coach that, let's be honest, he's got no experience. And he's got four more years on his contract after this year. So he ain't going anywhere. But to answer your question, sorry for speaking so long. No. no no because this is good it's like the
2: Jimbo Fisher situation where a and I mean you have the number one recruiting class in the nation in the last 10 years but you know the guy can't coach but if you do fire him you're paying him 50 million dollars so you can't do so I just the other thing is it's just all former players on that coaching staff it's just I don't know everybody got a
1: kick out of him in hard knocks I just I didn't see it you know it's funny right I could see that rubbing people the wrong way like I enjoyed hard knocks because yes. the Lions are never the focal point of anything except for misery, right? right. So it was kind of cool, like preseason, like, wow, everybody's watching the Lions. And as you mentioned, everybody bet the Lions. But I could totally see it bothering Vikings fans and Packer fans. And, oh, yeah, Chicago fans, too. They're still in the division, right? Yeah, like I could see all the antics. And I don't think they were antics. I think that's who he is. But I could see that stuff bothering people. And now they're probably just laughing at it. And all they right,
0: deserve so are what- so what type of changes, I mean, are we really going to see here? I mean, because what, what I don't understand here is the defensive coordinator is a DB. And, and that's the area that, that's struggling. He had a DB coach, another former player, like you said, Aubrey Pleasant, who they fired this week. Right. And they're all saying, "Oh, damn good coach, damn good coach." Okay, well, he's out of a job, so maybe he was the scapegoat out of this whole thing not to try is. and fix it. But what really changes? I mean, it sounds like you can body these wide receivers for the Packers at the line of scrimmage, play aggressive, you know, you know, bump and run type stuff uh, on these guys, and and they're going to have problems. So, do you think the Detroit defense changes at all now that they they've made this decision?
1: No, not at all, because they already said they were going to try to change and they were going to change some things after not making seattle punt and then the very next game they went to new england matt patricia was the oc they gave up 29 points and didn't score a single point so no nothing's going to change they're an inept football team with unfortunately an inept coaching staff and with one of the worst collections of defensive backs and safeties in the nfl now if you look at the rankings of their defense They're 32nd in everything, especially defending the pass. So if Aaron Rodgers doesn't light that defense up, and I understand you guys have blown leads, and I understand, too, when games are close, you lose those games. But if you don't light the Lions' defense up, if this isn't the ultimate get-right game, then maybe Aaron Rodgers is done, and maybe your season is done, and maybe this (laughs) dynasty is, because you have no excuse. They traded away their best offensive weapon in TJ Hawkinson, so they essentially neutered their offense – And their defense can't stop anything. So I'm not exactly sure what you have to worry about if you're a Packer fan, other than will you cover the three and a half, which it should be ten and a half, at least in my opinion. The other thing, too, is. The Lions really don't have anybody that can get to Aaron Rodgers either. Like they go out and they draft Aiden Hutchinson second overall. He had one good a half against the Washington Commanders, who, by the way, have four wins, the only team the Lions have beat. They have four wins. The Lions have won. So they can't get to the quarterback. They can't stop the pass. They can't stop the run. You guys just recently figured out that you could run the football. I saw the game in Buffalo. So I think this has every sign of it being a total one-sided disaster for the Lions and a get-right game for you guys.
2: Let me tell you what worries me about that a little bit is the second So I know the game plan. So the Packers were at their best in the second half of the game against the Bills because it was finally, all right, Aaron Rodgers, you're 38 years old. We don't have the weapons on the outside. We're rolling out Sammy Watkins yeah. and Amari Rodgers and two wide receiver sets here. And so they figured out, hey, everything doesn't need to be from shotgun. And Rodgers was taking snaps from under center again. My concern is the game plan is going to be the game plan from 2014 where it's going to be Rodgers trying to take advantage of a week secondary. I don't know with this wide receiver room if they're going to be able to do it. I have no idea who the hell he's throwing the ball to this weekend as it looks like Lazard's not going to be available once again. So I'm hoping that they just pound the football because obviously you could do that on the Lions, but I don't know. I have a bad feeling, man. And you know that Detroit could one thing they could do they could score points. They could run the football in the first half. That's, that's the way to beat Green Bay, and then crossing routes as well. Luckily, you know, again, you guys traded away your best tight end within the division. I think this is a good thing. If I'm a Lions fan, though, I want to lose every single game, and I don't believe they I can't be in the NFL. But CJ Stroud, because you need the quarterback of the future. It's not Jared Goff. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, um, Hendon Hooker, anybody but Will Levis. I like for you guys. Ooh, Will Levis looked great against Tennessee the other day. Didn't any?
1: My goodness, well, 88 yards uh three picks he got sacked four times brutal man okay well, so a couple quick things well Go ryan on. you mentioned it you you worry about maybe aaron Rodgers just trying to throw the ball against a really bad secondary other than jeffrey akuda he's been pretty good yeah there's no need to worry because you can run the ball against them too like the Lions will just give you whatever they want. You can just go into their house, take whatever you want. Their defense is that bad; it's atrocious. They can score points offensively in the first half. The last three half, for second halves, last three games in the second half, they've been scoreless. So th- this. and The other thing too is, and I agree with what you said. I don't think this team is collectively tanking, but when you trade away Hawkinson, when nothing's gone right, there is a breaking point. I truly believe, and maybe that this week. So. I look at the spread and I know Vegas is probably trying to say, all right, guys, come on, bet the Packers the cover because maybe the lions and historically they played you guys tough at times. Yeah. But I I just don't see it this weekend.
0: So that's the thing, right? The Packers' second halves have stunk, too. I mean, it's not like the Packers are world beaters in the second half. The Packers have had their struggles uh, throughout the season in the second half of football games, too. The other thing that I'm curious about, and and Ryan brought it up, we talked about this uh, the other day on Curt and Long, as far as, you know, do the Lions and Bears have a brighter future than the actual Packers do at this point, because you don't really know what you have in Jordan love still at this point, or if he's even going to still be here by the time Rodgers gets done playing. Uh, and then you look around at, at what, what they have talent wise on defense Rashawn Gary. Okay. Jair Alexander, fine. Uh, and then Kenny Clark, who has not as nearly as many impact plays this year as he did last year. So he hasn't been that guy. Uh, and then on offense, you got Bakhtiari, who don't know if he's going to play week to week or if he's ever going to be the same again. And does he ride off into the sunset and retire when Rodgers retires as your left tackle? Uh, running back Aaron Jones, this could be his last year here. Otherwise, they're going to have to redo his contract and extend him out in order to keep him uh, at some point. So there's a lot of things that aren't great for the Packers as you look forward. Ryan and I pretty much agreed that we thought the Bears might have a little bit better future here going forward maybe than the Green Bay Packers do. He and I also agree we're not sold on the Lions yet. And part of that is, like you said, because of the coaching staff, right? So now, if they fire Campbell in the offseason and they they bring back Jim Caldwell and they say, dude, it's your job again, and they draft that quarterback, then I feel much better if I'm a Lions fan. A, he's won in Detroit already. It wasn't good enough, nine wins, apparently, for you Lions fans, Uh, but he's won in Detroit already. We know he can develop an offense and develop a quarterback right so now you get a a franchise quarterback and have somebody there to coach that guy up i think that's how the lines get it turned around if anything else but keeping campbell and driving a franchise quarterback i just don't see how that guy's going to develop sparky
1: you offend me you You offend you have the audacity on your podcast and now by the way i'm rooting for the grocery store to keep the term okay no that's fine they're winning anyway they got better lawyers That's a good point. You're asking the question, do the Lions have a brighter future than the Packers? I mean, do do you forget about what you've already... I guess experienced as a Packer fan, and then you look all, all while what the last forty years as a Packer fan, all you guys do is win. All while the Lions have won one playoff game since nineteen fifty-seven. So it's offensive. You would add, even ask that question,
0: but Jeff. You don't understand this point. They've had back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Y'all don't have any, but they've had back-to-back oh, well Hall of aware. Fame quarter. Right for the Packers, okay? Not not so that's that's good. But I think Packer fans right now are in the situation that they're bracing for a Detroit Lions-type fallout or a Bears-type fallout where it's going to be possibly very bad for a while if they can't figure this out of how to play without Aaron Rodgers going forward. And right now you can see with Aaron Rodgers, things aren't going very well. And now you take him away, I think that's where the hysteria comes for Packer fans looking at Detroit going, holy crap, I don't want to watch this team for 30 years and have one playoff victory again. And I think that's where it comes from.
1: Think of it from the Lions' point of view. Like, the Lions are seeing the downfall of the Green Bay Packers because even if you, you somehow come back this season, let's say you make the postseason, let's say you win a playoff game, it's not too long till Rodgers is gone, and as you mentioned, it will fall apart. I don't think many people believe in Jordan Love. Hell, if you lose on Sunday, you might want to play Love the remainder of the season to see if you got anything. With that being said... Think of the Lions perspective in this question you're asking. They see the downfall of you. They see that Chicago is far away. I like Justin Fields. I don't know if he's going to work out, but they have a huge mountain to climb. And obviously they should just shed a bunch of payroll, a bunch of assets. And we'll see if they get it together. They probably won't if history tells you what they do. But, you look at the Vikings, like this division is wide open and the Vikings at six and one are running away with it. Imagine being a Lions fan. Finally, Aaron Rodgers is dead, right? He's out of the picture. Finally, the Bears <laughs> yeah. are nothing, right? They won yeah. the division in 2019. They're gone, right? Oh, the Vikings, they wanted to hire Harbaugh, right? They're n- it's finally our time. And then you look at... Dan Campbell who at times is mistaken for Hulk Hogan and this front office and the fact that they very well could finish with a one or two win season so while I understand what you're saying and maybe it's just I don't know the cynic in me and despite thinking they could make the postseason I'll never make that mistake again I'll never give them the benefit of the doubt no I don't see the Lions going anywhere they've had a ton of first round picks obviously you guys didn't mention the Rams pick so if the Rams and they stink too yeah. They get the Rams first round pick. So they could have two very high first round picks. We'll wait and see if anything comes of it, but but no. I would not think that the Lions long term are going to be better than the Packers, and I know that sounds crazy. Considering it seems like the Packers are falling apart, and you guys do nothing to address that offense. By the way, very nice trade deadline. Is your G was your GM sleeping through it? I don't understand. Uh, no, uh, apparently like, did they not were want TJ Hawkinson. He was there for correct. you,
0: correct? Know, yeah, apparently they were involved in Claypool. Uh, the Bears had two second round picks because they traded uh, their linebacker Roquan Smith. So then, apparently, it, the way it is reported is the Packers offered their second, Bears offered their second Uh, and then Pittsburgh went back and said uh, we want your real second Chicago not the Ravens otherwise we're trading to Green Bay Chicago said well we can't have that sure have our second at the top of the second round no problem he's all yours and the Packers weren't giving up a one for Chase Claypool that was not happening Uh, so they lose Chase Claypool or at least that's how the story goes or at least that's how it's being reported uh, at this time, yeah, Packer fans are furious because there there are some Packer fans that wanted a wide receiver and give Aaron a chance and so forth. There are some Absolutely. Packer fans that think that one player was going to make him a Super Bowl caliber team or something, which was never going to be the case in any way, shape, or form at this point. So now going forward, it's going to be like what you said, what the out what the outliers say outside of Green Bay and outside of Wisconsin. They've never given Aaron Rodgers any real help. They've never given him anybody. They've never oh, yeah, they drafted said that about him.
1: Matthew Stafford too. Get used to it.
0: Yeah, but they've never drafted a wide receiver in the first round.
1: He's only thrown a touchdown to one first-round pick, Mercedes Lewis, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but, but Sparky, quick question. Like, all, there are people in Green Bay saying it was a good move not to trade for a receiver? because No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. What I'm saying is I don't think it would have made as much of a difference, I think, as a lot of people think it was going to make. And in they think NFC, they were one player away. They're not one player away from going to the Super Bowl. They're far more than that. I'm not saying Super
1: Bowl, but my goodness, I'd rather make the playoffs than not make the playoffs. You're telling me in this NFC where everybody – Even maybe the Eagles, they're undefeated but have a very easy schedule. They've beaten essentially nobody. Like in this NFC, I would have done everything possible to keep myself afloat, give me a chance in the postseason. I mean, look at the Bucs. Look at the Packers. Look at the Rams. But I hear you. I just, I,
0: you know, Ryan and I will probably disagree on this. I, I just, I, I firmly believe this front office is about getting this ready for Jordan Love and trying to secure this. And you can mark my words down on this one. When Rodgers walks away, that very next draft, they will tra- draft a wide receiver in the first round for Jordan
2: Love. See, I've my changed words. I've that changed will happen, and Ryan Horvath will lose his well, ever loving well, mind. Well, I'm going to say that the Lions are actually – I changed my mind on this because I thought about this a little bit more. You guys are set up better for success. Let me tell you why. I really like DJ Stroud. I really like Hendon Hooker. There's a lot of guys I really like. I don't know that I like Jordan Love, and this isn't even a knock on Jordan Love. They don't know if they like Jordan Love because they've never evaluated him. That's why this this pick made no sense because – You, Aaron Rodgers had four more years left on that deal. Now you end up extending Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love only has one more year left on his rookie contract. Are you going to extend him? How much are you going to pay him? You've never had the chance, the opportunity to evaluate him. You've only seen him in one spot start against the Chiefs when Rodgers had COVID. In the second half that he was thrown into in that Detroit game, week 18 last season. So I don't know what they're getting ready for. Because are they getting ready for Love? Is he even going to be on this roster? I I just I, I think that that's the problem that I have. There was no, there's no plan here because if you were bringing back Aaron Rodgers at 38 years old for the next two years and you're trading away Devontae Adams and you don't replace him with anything, like the Chiefs trading away Tyreek Hill made complete sense because they weren't going to pay him all that money, but what what did they do? They brought in MVS, so they still had the burner that could take the top off the defense. Then they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster because you have him and Travis Kelsey that could run your underneath routes. They had a perfect game plan to go into the season. The Packers, you have a running football team, yet they don't run the football. Aaron Jones had three touches going into the second half again two weeks ago. This team has no identity, and it starts with the general manager and then the coaching staff. So I'll say the Lions are in better position because like you said, Dan Campbell will be gone in two years when it's time to win. You'll probably have C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, and it's a quarterback-driven league. And you could say, you know, I know that Matthew Stafford was there for a decade and there was only the two playoff appearances, but I do agree with people that say he never had any help because he didn't have any help there.
0: I'll say this. If the owner of this team, the Ford family, don't walk into Brad Holmes' office on draft day and go, "If you draft anything other than a quarterback with this pick, you're fired." Like no, that—that—that that, 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 that should just be right away. Like you're taking a pick here in the first round, and that's how it's going to be. Uh, DeRieger, I don't need to keep you on here for this whole podcast. I know you have a life to get to, and you're a family guy, and all of that, and and, and so forth. So we'll let you, you... For
1: thinking I have a life. Yeah, By well, the way, you guys need treat you guys really need to treat Rogers better. Thank you. You're miss him when he's gone. Thank Spark. Right.
0: But see, but that's just it, Rieger. That's the thing, right? So you had Favre. You got the two Super Bowls. You won one. You had Rodgers. You had a magic carpet ride year, and that's what that was. And proven to be a magic carpet ride year because you haven't been back since. So you had the one magic carpet ride year with Rodgers, and that's it. That's all you've got. you got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that span, what, 30 years. You've got two two Super Bowls out of that whole deal, three appearances. And the reason why I get upset and Gary and Leroy and everybody else that talked about this is because the fear of when he's gone, it could be a very long time before they're any good ever again. So because of that, that's why everybody is so critical of trying to get this thing done one more time here on the way out. And now you fear how bad this season is gone that you know would he walk away now again he's got over 50 million reasons next year to come right. back so i don't think he's going to walk away but i'm sure he's frustrated at this point and to your point about the chiefs horvath they went out and got tony from the giants a young up-and-coming wide receiver that oh, wasn't geez. doing anything there they added him to their wide receiving core uh, as well to try and, and make themselves better so th- that's that's all I- i'm just frustrated by the way this whole thing played out i'm frustrated by the fact that rogers didn't do anything in otas to try and get with these young receivers he did nothing to try and get them out in california with him to work out separately. Mahomes was doing that stuff. Brady did it going into his first year in Tampa Bay. All these other guys do it. Rodgers wants to show up, be there when he's supposed to be there, mandatory camp. Okay, fine, I'm here. And then, you know, during training camp. Outside of that, I don't see the extra stuff. And if it's all about winning another Super Bowl on your way out and being the greatest of all time, you would think that would be a pretty big deal, making sure you're on the same page as the wide receivers, making sure they know what you need them to know going into training camp so you hit the ground running. And instead, we're halfway through the season. We still got guys running wrong routes. You got Rodgers throwing his hands up in the air because he knows it's a train wreck. And you got a couple of offensive line coaches running the offense with Matt LaFleur. I mean, it's a complete and utter joke at this point. So... Yeah, there, there. You got to spark your right now. I mean, congratulations, Rieger, on your way out. Hey, Rieger, by the way, I do like your Pistons. They're they're, they're coming along nicely. I think they had a nice offseason. Yeah, I love Jaden Ivey. Yeah, I like them. I think they're going to be pretty good, Rieger.
1: I'm just floored by having listened to you just about yeah. off for the last 20 minutes about how bad y'all have it. Oh, One in six, guys. One in six.
0: Yeah, but but, but you, you're you on the anyway. upside. You're on, you're on the upside, Rieger. Just remember that. You're on the upside. Things can only get better from here. They can only get right, better. It says
1: the last sixty years of history. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. No, I would like to think. I would like to think that that I I do believe the GM Brad Holmes. He's already got a couple picks. I think people are impressed with him. On Ross Saint Brown was a fourth round guy. Yeah. Malcolm Rodriguez, their best linebacker, was a sixth round guy. You know, Panay Sewell, seventh overall. He's been outstanding. One of the best tackles in the game. So that was a good pick? So there are pieces there, but again i I probably need to i I was hurt by this lions recent season guys they broke my heart they really did i wanted to believe for the first time in 30 years i've actually believed a little bit i thought campbell could be different i thought the regime could be different i thought things might be finally changing in a bad nfc and to see the start it's made me more jaded than ever so so you you guys can you know you sunday your season will be resuscitated and the lions will be one in seven
0: I like J.D. Rieger. J.D. Rieger is the best Rieger by all by all accounts, without question. Rieger, thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you down the line, buddy. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: See you, guys. Always See you a pleasure. Rieger.
0: You bet you take care. There is uh, Jeff Rieger. All right. So I want to get into some other stuff here that Rieger I'm sure could care less about one way or yeah. the other. Uh, and, and that is these comments by Joe Barry that we have to get to. Um, and it's going to drive me crazy. Otherwise we don't get to Joe Barry quote. Sure. I think Darnell Savage would be an unbelievable nickel. Now to me, why this is disturbing to me is because then he goes on to pretty much say that, well, we don't really have, we'd have to have another safety. So now you're pretty much trashing any depth that you have behind him. I thought Rudy Ford has looked okay when he's had his ch- chance to get in there. I thought maybe he's played better than Savage has at safety when he's had his opportunity. And then he gets asked about Rasheel Douglas. He says, well, I, mean, I really hadn't you know thought about that. You were playing him at safety at, in parts of camp. What do you mean? Like, did you take a week off when that was happening and forget? Or are you up there in age and you're forgetting what's going on? I'm old. I forget stuff all the time. So maybe you forgot. You're stuck with this dude next year, too, because of his contract. So it's not like you're moving on from him. I can't see that happening. Nobody's going to ta- nobody's gonna trade for a dude that can't tackle anybody. So that's out of the question this offseason. So I – and again – Oh, I think he'd be good. Unbelievable. Leroy Butler for three years has been talking about moving him to that position. Three years he's been on this. And you all still haven't figured it out. Golly, man, it drives me nuts. Go ahead.
2: No, 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 man. And the problem is he's a safety that refuses to tackle as well. You could be a defensive back like Asante Samuel out of Florida State who plays with the Chargers and refused to tackle, right? You can't be a safety play in that position. So, I'm all for this. Any way to keep him on the field or at least give him another look because like you said, he's not going anywhere and he clearly has the talent. He has first-round talent. I love the pick. You know what other pick I loved? I loved Demarius Randall and I loved him his rookie year, but you know what happened year 2? He regressed. He's a guy that bounced around position to position. And I'm glad that you brought up Ruby Ford because what we've seen 24 snaps at free safety from Ruby Ford and he was targeted twice. If you go back to that OT win against the Patriots, he didn't allow a single catch. You know, he had a pass breakup in that game. He had six tackles. So on the short period or the short, you know, sample size that we have of him on the field, he's actually, actually looked pretty good. And this goes back to what Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show. That didn't just have to go with the wide receiver room, man. If guys are allergic to making plays out there, if Darnell Savage doesn't want to be aggressive and at least attempt to make a tackle, he's making business decisions out there on a three and five football team. Get him the hell off the field. Give Ruby Ford a shot because I guarantee you, he wants to get on that field and earn himself a contract in the NFL, kind of like Rasul Douglas last year, who's also regressed. I would rather play him there, but yeah, I've kind of had enough of the Darnell Savage experiment. Anyone else you do any change you want to do? Though I'm fine with to give him another look.
0: I'm a little bit concerned about Matt Lafleur now that I think about it, because this is the yeah. dude who got frustrated with with Amari Rogers, went to the special teams coach, said, "Dude, I'm done." And guys like, "Nah, no, we're going to leave him back there." Matt Lafleur said, "Okay," and walked away. Okay, so now we have a Savage situation. So are you going to have a pair and go tell Joe Barry, we're done with this. I want him moved into the slot to, to play there. Because Alex- uh, uh, R- uh, Razul can't play there. Razul Douglas is not a guy that's going to to play in the slot. That's not happening. Let Savage come in. Let him blitz from that situation. Let him play inside and see what happens. And LeFleur, you go tell Joe Barry that's what you want to see. And you figure out who's going to play safety behind that. That's Ford playing safety, moving forward. Forward, so be it. But this whole thing of, well, I'm going to make a suggestion and then I'll let them do what they want to do. I'm all for letting guys do their jobs. But
2: clearly, this
0: is yeah. something that needs to be fixed and he's refusing to do
2: it. Right, exactly. Exactly. And I need, and that's what we need from Matt LaFleur. I mean, he, I, I think he's feeling pretty comfortable, man. Because the first three seasons, he's won thirteen games. They've made the playoffs. They've been right. a game away from the Super Bowl. But right now, he needs to put, put his foot down because that's what they did with Mike Patton. And say what you want about Mike Patton, you know, with Darnell Savage, he recognized his strengths, though. You know, he was playing closer to the line of scrimmage, and that's when Darnell Savage was at his best. So, four hundred and fifty-nine snaps inside during those two years with Patton compared to just two hundred and thirty-eight, I believe, since two thousand and twenty-one. I saw and. And the numbers, look at the numbers, man. Look at the splits. So I uh, I think Matt LaFleur needs to put his foot down. I think we need to see some change. I think it needs to start this weekend because you cannot allow, and I know the Lions are decent offensively, you can't allow them to put up 350 yep. yards in this game, 200 on the ground yep. and terrorize your secondary. So I'm with you. I think LaFleur needs to get – I think he needs to be uh, – I think he needs to grow a pair. I don't know no, how to no. put it on a clean podcast.
0: Yeah. yeah, no question. All right, let's go to the next topic. Uh, Rieger brought this up earlier for nice. won the ticket. If the Packers lose, what level of panic should set in? amongst Packer fans. I mean, are we starting a Dunn Club? Are we officially going to start another Dunn Club if they lose this, this thing to the Lions?
2: Well, yeah, because look at the upcoming schedule, right? You get the uh, the Mike McCarthy revenge game against a Dallas team that's going to run for 300 yards against you with Zeke and Tony Pollard as long as Zeke's healthy. You get the Eagles coming up. Who I know the Texans played them kind of close in prime time. But Perhaps. look at their strength. They're the number three rushing offense in the league. Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. I mean, this Packers team can't stop Brian Robinson, who was shot a couple weeks ago when they played the Commanders. They're not stopping the Eagles, man. So I think this is a must-win game, and I think if they lose this game, I know Jeff kind of joked about it, I think it should be Jordan Love time and I know Rodgers, that won't make him happy, but you're pretty much out of it, even in a bad NFC, right? So I think it would be time to evaluate what you have in Jordan Love, see if you're offering him an extension after next year, and you're playing for a draft pick because you might get Bryce. Because three wins, where's another win? If you can't beat the Detroit Lions, man, where's another win on this schedule? Maybe Chicago? Ryan,
0: okay, let's role play for a second, okay? You're Matt LaFleur. I'm Aaron Rodgers. Now I want you to tell me that I'm not playing the rest of the year because you're tanking for the best
2: quarterback. Go
0: ahead. Look, now, how are you gonna explain it to me to get me on your on team start Jordan love? What how what are you gonna tell Aaron Rodgers?
2: I'm gonna tell him right now we're a three win football team. You look like dump. We don't have the best offensive line in football right now. We're trying to figure out if David Bakhtiari is a part of our future. Elton Jenkins is not having the season that he had. He's been in and out of the lineup. We're trying to figure some things out here. We're not heading to the playoffs. We're not risking you blowing out your knee or becoming you know, Joe Theismann out there. And, yeah, we're going to evaluate some quarterbacks. We're going to evaluate what we have in Jordan Love. We're paying you $50 million to come back next year. Hopefully, we could strike it in the offseason and get you some weapons on the outside, some actual NFL talent at the wide receiver position. But right now, we're out of the playoffs, man. So, go do whatever you want to do. Go with Aubrey, whatever his name is, the podcast guy. Go to Thailand. Jump on a
0: boat. No. no, 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 no. It, no. It, it, look, do you know what I want him to be? I want him to be Matt Ryan. If that's how this is going to play. I want him to be on the sidelines. He's not and, doing that. Okay. So and helping and helping Jordan love and being a team player and helping him progress and get better, whatever the case may be. So you're telling me Aaron Rodgers, who does the, the Pat McAfee show for the rest of the season, they lose to this line. Steve, you're going to sit on McAfee as the, the benched starting quarterback a two time MVP. The, the, the the way the optics of this would be horrendous. I mean, absolutely horrendous. Don't care. He's no longer starting, and there's no way this dude buys into this. There's no chance. Aaron's about Aaron, man. He ain't about letting Jordan love progress and caring about your future, of possibly drafting another quarterback. Hey, Gary, there's no, no, no. All you guys,
2: Ellerson, LaRoy, everybody always tells me, Ryan, it's the Green Bay Packers, not the Green That's Bay Aaron right. Rodgers. So yes, I would explain to him, hey. I'm not going 3-14 two seasons in a row. This is hard enough this year. Here's the problem, man. You just lost all the games on the schedule that were the winnable games. You lost to the Commanders, the Jets, and the Giants. And now you have Buffalo. You know, you've to Buffalo last week, you're Dallas, you're Philadelphia, Minnesota again. They're not beating Minnesota no, right now.
0: No, I totally agree. No, I, I totally agree. All right, time for predictions here. Yeah. Packers Lions predictions. Last segment of the Curd and Long podcast. Thanks again to Jeff Rieger, ninety-seven won the ticket for joining us. Always fun to talk to nine-one-one Rieger. Uh, okay, Mister Horvat, what do you got?
2: Lions thirty-one, Packers twenty-seven. They're going to lose this game to the Detroit Lions. I'm pretty oh confident God. in this, Sparky, and I picked them. I, I picked them against the Bills. All right. So I'm done with the insanity. Come on. Stop. No, the Lions. The I'm Lions, losing the, to the Lions, well, is, man. You know what? Let me hear, hear me out here. Yes, this is a must-win game for Green Bay. That locker room is broken, and it's been broken. Go back weeks ago when Jair was predicting their downfall against the Jets, right? Rodgers is throwing guys under the bus. You know, that is a broken locker room right now. LaFleur, every time he takes the podium, he looks like he's going to cry. He looks yep. like he just got done watching The Notebook with my wife. This is a broken team, whereas Detroit, yeah, they stink. Yeah, they just traded away TJ Hawkinson. But this is going to be their Super Bowl. Dan Campbell, he's doing up-downs. He's doing yeah. – he's the squat rack right now. What What have you seen from this Packers team the last month that makes you think that they're even capable of beating the Detroit Lions?
0: Well, I mean, we'll find out. But if if they can't get pressure on – Aaron Rodgers like Rieger said that's going to give Rodgers all kinds of time if their defensive line can't do that that should give the Packers an opportunity number two they ran the ball pretty much at will against a much better defense in Buffalo so if they want to run the football they should be able to do that Uh, and then thirdly uh, most importantly Dan Campbell's the opposing coach you're not losing to Dan Campbell with one win. It's just not going to happen. No, I'll make my prediction now. I'll see the Packers win 42 to 10. 42 points. That's the one they've scored all year, I feel. Yeah, 42 to 10. The Packers win this one. Yes, 42 to 10. Packers win that one. Roll
2: off the helmets, baby.
0: Roll yeah, right. off the helmets. Yeah.
2: All
1: right. <laughs> I hope
0: so.
2: I will be much happier on Monday morning when we record, if that's the case. That's fine. And
0: we'll do this again coming up on Monday. Everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy it. Have a good one. Toodles.
2: Uh.